0: Buckle up. You are listening to Musicians and Beyond, where we bring you the backstage info on the life, lyrics, and long journeys of the music industry. This is John Sarabian alongside of Mark Lahorn. And, uh, you know, we are really killing it lately, Mark. I mean, we got this documentary series that we've been doing it with Ernie Sheffaloo called Under the Covers. And then we've been doing a lot with the Seabrook Idol.
1: Being up in Seabrook the other night was a lot of fun. Uh, Being able to see that many musicians, you know, showcasing what they're about and all vying for a prize, the first place prize of $1,000. Just being hosted by Ray Bork and and the Drevis family up there at Red's Kitchen and Diner was a treat. But then having the music was an added uh, benefit to us. So a lot of fun
0: yeah the talent one contestant was better than the next everyone was fantastic they were all winners in yeah. my eyes
1: yeah you know even even the ones that you know it, at the end of the night two get cut and uh eliminated but you know they performed very well and and they just happened to be up against some enormous talent uh it was a lot of fun to watch and and be a part of
0: i totally agree and you know what i'm excited for i am so excited for today's guest this guy i mean we've interviewed like the biggest of rock stars to, you know, everyone in the industry. And this guy actually has the coolest story. And let me just paint a picture here. It was a warm summer day. It was September 9th in 2016 in Philadelphia. And this kid decides to go to a concert with his father. <laughs> and the concert's Bruce Springsteen. So they were all excited on going. And then it suddenly turns into a shit show. They get on the wrong train. And it threw them off, but them getting on the wrong train turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to them because it was a lottery system and it changed their place in line. We're going to introduce Matthew O'Quinn, and he's going to tell us what happened from the time that they got in line, Bruce Springsteen concert, mm-hmm. to what it turned into. It's it's unbelievable. So Matthew, first of all, welcome. You're down in Texas.
2: Yes, sir. Houston, Texas, born and raised.
0: Excellent. Well, we're in Boston, and we were hoping that you would, you know, fly in because we understand that you are a uh, a pilot, <laughs> I'm also. A pilot. <laughs> well, one of these yes, days, sir. maybe I'm you can. Pilot. One of these days, you can uh, put that on your agenda and, and fly in and, and see us and oh, do this I would love
2: to. I would love to. So my dad flies a Pilatus PC12, and I fly, which is a you know. Uh, single engine t- turboprop pressurized cabin up to thirty thousand feet and mine is a, a beechcraft baron b58 which is a twin engine and it can fly probably 220 knots over the ground you know which is like 240 250 miles an hour it can, oh, and, wow. and it's and, and so it can fly pretty good it's it's a great airplane um and i i love it i took after the passion Um, I took after my dad's passion of flying at a very young age because he he flies just for fun, and he kind of fell into it by accident from actually his job. They owed him a bunch of money at West Houston Airport, and the only way they could pay him is if um, they taught him how to fly. And so that's kind of how it all got started.
0: Well, you're going to have to use that license and come up here and – and, I would and love do this to. in person. It would
2: be an, an amazing experience. That
0: would be great. Yeah. So take us back to 2016, September 9th. You're with your dad in Philadelphia, the Bruce mm-hmm. Springsteen concert. You got on the wrong train. It threw you off. You get in line and you scored a pretty good number, which mm-hmm. allowed you to get a nice spot in the arena. Yes. Tell me what happened so, from there.
2: I, I had I had been in the lottery system, before. And I hadn't been so lucky, but in Oklahoma City, like the selection was a lot smaller because, you know, it's not a big name, Bruce City, you know, it's it's Oklahoma. So you had a very good chance to get into the pit. With Philadelphia, I knew the chances were, you know, slim, but I wanted to give it a shot anyway. And so, you know, like just like you said, I'm, you know, and props to you for, for doing your research on that, <laughs> about getting on the wrong train and all and all that and knowing all of that beforehand. That That is awesome. But um, my dad and I showed up and uh, we, and we got our numbers and our numbers were 1306 and 1307 and they got, and the winning number was 1221. So we were like number 80. And immediately I knew I was like, holy crap, I, I have a, like this, like this might actually happen, you know, because I, I could have easily been bidded way, way back. And, you know, all of my signs, you know, would have gone to waste. I didn't just have that sign. I did have just Regular song requests, like I think I had racing in the street, which she ended up playing. Um, I think I had like reason to believe a couple of, of other ones. But of course, that one was the was my big one. And so we got up there and man, it was hot. It was one thing about that night was it was very, very hot. And I wanted to wait for the right moment to hold up the sign, you know, because Bruce can look at a sign and then he'll pan if it's not at the right time, he could just pan over it and not really notice it again. No matter how much you throw it up. So I waited till the end of Rosalita, and Bruce was right there with with Stevie. And um, this is where the YouTube video starts. And I I just throw up my sign, and it's right in his face. And he looks at it, and he kind of just you know takes a step back, and he's just kind of like, "Whoa, this is different." Yeah, you know.
0: So the sign and that you're uh, talking of, the sign that you're talking about says. Can a college kid play No Surrender with you?
2: That That is correct. And on the bottom right of the sign, I put all of the chords in like a verse, chorus, bridge sequence. You know, like capo, third fret, D-D-A-G, you know, very it's a very basic song. Um, and so what the reason why I did that was to show Bruce that I wasn't just trying to clown around and like just jump up on stage and wail the song. I, I wanted to show him that I actually knew how to perform the song and actually knew the chords to the song. So he, he looked and then he started mouthing like, you know, can can he play, can he play? And I guess he, my dad was right next to me and I guess he assumed that so he goes to my dad and he's like, can he play, can he play? And my dad, is so funny, my dad was like, he said, Whenever he told the story later, he's thinking, I have no idea if, if, if he can play this. But I'm going to say, <laughs> oh, yes, he can play it. Yes, he can play it. And so and so Bruce kind of looked at Stevie, and Stevie kind of nodded yes, and then Bruce grabbed the sign. And then I was just kind of like, all right, here we go. And so I hopped up on stage, and it was kind of a blur from, from that point. I walked up, and I looked back, and I just saw this sea of heads just... As far as I could see, it was just like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, okay. Then I turned my back to the crowd. I was like processing what exactly I'm about to do um, and that it was actually happening.
1: Who hands you a guitar?
2: It was uh, Kevin Buell handing me the guitar. It was (laughs) Kevin's. I I wasn't as aware, I wasn't as aware of how everyone loved Kevin until after the fact because everyone asked questions about Kevin. And now I wish I could have said something to you know Kevin, but uh, Kevin handed me the guitar, and initially I turned away, and he was like, "Oh hey hey hey," and then he handed me a pick, and it's a pick that looks just like this. <laughs> it's one of it's this is his exact pick, and Excellent. Bruce uses a bigger pick than than normal, but it's a very thick pick. Wow. Yeah, he handed That's me the pick.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah. So when you got on stage, you got to see what a rock star sees when they're up there it it must be really overwhelming but from the second that you walked up those stairs the confidence that you were putting out was unbelievable you might have been nervous inside but you didn't show it you looked (laughs) like that was the so I've watched the performance a bunch of times and I picked up new stuff every single time everything from start to finish was right on it it looks like you guys had Mm -hmm. practiced it there were times when you guys were all up there, and everyone was in the same sequence of swinging the guitar in motion, the back and mm-hmm. forth to the to the microphones on the, you know, going back and forth with the vocals was like spot on. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable.
2: That was one of the most popular questions, and and yet to, to, to tell you the truth, I was I was super nervous, but I told myself, if this actually happens, I want to look back on this and think. I gave that my absolute best. I performed that song. I don't want to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I look like a fool. I made a fool out of myself. Blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to look back and and think, okay, I killed that. And um, and so, but the way to that, as you were saying, one of the uh, most popular questions to me was, oh, it had to have been staged. It must have been staged. Your dad paid Bruce. You guys have connections with Bruce. And I said, to be honest with you, it wasn't staged, but I wish it was, because that means A, I do have connections to Bruce. B, I, I could have <laughs> talked with them behind stage. C, I could have actually rehearsed with the band and chatted with the band. I I could have had that full experience of actually talking with Niels, Max, Stevie a little bit, you know, grabbing pictures and having that full backstage experience. But instead, it was exactly what you guys saw. I got up there, I played, had a few words, and I got off. And the reason why it seemed like it was just, you know, we were all in sync is – you know, you guys were all young and you guys were kids and, you know, you go on YouTube and, and you watch your idol, like your, your, your favorite artist growing up. And you have your headphones in, you're looking at yourself in the mirror just as Bruce talks in his audiobook, And, you know, you pretend that you're Bruce, you know, and so and so you just study and you just know how Bruce is and how all of his mannerisms are. And and the way how I knew how to trade off the verses was on his 2009 live DVD release where he played in Hyde Park. He had Brian Fallon from from Gaslight Anthem play no surrender with him on stage. And so I knew, okay, whenever someone hops up with Bruce, this is like, this is where the guest plays. This is where Bruce plays. So I also knew that going into it. So I had basically done my homework beforehand and i really kind of prepared myself. Okay, this is how it's going to go. But as, um, and also to touch on what you were saying, it, it, I pick up on little things too. It's like, it seemed as Bruce was slowly testing me and seeing what I could do, you know? And he would, he kind of inched me towards the mic and, you know, I sang a lot louder and he was like, okay, he can sing. And then he, so then we started trading verses and it just kind of went from there. It was a slow progression
0: yeah you guys oh, had, a, had a great interaction and stevie van zandt too i mean he'd come by and he you know looked over to uh to bruce a couple of times to give him his nod of approval and uh and i think they did a tweet after the concert something to the effect of <laughs> that kid's good we're going to take him on tour or something to that
2: effect <laughs> that, that, I, that i remember i remember stevie was what was like Someone asked him a question and he quoted it and he said, "Oh yeah we, we bring him everywhere has has school started yet question <laughs> mark or it was something like that I don't know the exact words but but you're right there there was a couple tweets
1: I, I just I want to ask you you know I mean you, you, you get up on there you look out to the sea of heads and that's all you can see what was the largest stage and audience you had been in front of before that
2: oh my gosh that was my first um well, to be completely honest with you, I'd only known how to play guitar for nine months coming into that moment. <laughs> and so that was my first really big live audience. And so it's wow. all downhill from here, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it sure I wow. mean, I have
2: I like I swing for the fence and, and, and I hit a home run so I can retire. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know?
0: But it, uh, you sure as hell hit but, a home run with that one.
2: Oh yeah, and and uh, it was at Citizens Bank Park. So, you know, the analogy goes <laughs> with with where the concert was. <laughs> that's um,
0: that's incredible. So that got you instant notoriety. The YouTube's I know like I, blew I, up. W-
2: I wish it was I like I say to people, I wish that it happened like now where I have music out instead of like okay like because i'm on i'm on the today show world news tonight good morning america all like like all these radio stations in la and illinois like it's just just shot of publicity and i have no music to show for it but it was it was just <laughs> the beginning of my you know musical journey and my musical passion that was really like i was just getting into it so
0: well what a story that is i mean There are musicians that would and that have been doing this for years and years and haven't even come close to making that, you know, making that pinnacle of their career.
2: And a guy like Bruce, like he's 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 one of the only people that would give someone that kind of opportunity. And it just it just it's rare.
1: It is rare. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, what did you learn out of that instance? You know, you talk about the publicity, you talk about the stage, you talk about, you know, all the things that you, you took from that and from there on. What do you use from that today that you learned from then, from, you know, knowing how to put yourself out there, knowing how to use the media? What did you learn then that you use in your everyday performances or your your everyday trying to get your music out there?
2: That's a good question. Um, Mainly just how to compose yourself, how to interview well, um, kind of knowing your stuff beforehand, knowing exactly what to say and, and how to say it, getting a point across in one sentence instead of taking four sentences, you know, don't ramble. And things like that Um, but but the connections that I got from that experience like whenever my first album came out about a year and a half ago I used I reached out to those same connections that reached out to me um, for like a little article or or whatnot and and they were able to publish something out of it so I was able to use those same resources
0: so you're listening to musicians and beyond with Sarabian and Lahorn and we are having a hell of a conversation with Matthew O'Quinn. He was telling us all about his Bruce Springsteen experience, and uh, that's not all that he does. Um, he's a singer and songwriter, and he's down in Texas. You had said earlier that um, you brought the you know, posters and all that, and you had it in your mind that when you were going to get called up there that you would know what to do. Did you feel beforehand that you were going to be the one?
2: I, I mean, I didn't want to admit it, but I think I, I had a pretty good feeling. I knew I had a shot. I knew I would have the opportunity. Like whenever I was standing in line before that number was called, I was basically waiting, okay, will I even have the opportunity? Whenever that number was called, I knew that I would at least have that that chance. Wow. And I try and take advantage of of every chance that I, that I get, yep. you know? And, and so I didn't want to miss. And – and, you know, thank goodness I did not miss. No. And I, I made the best out of that performance. I had no idea it was going to be as big as, as it was afterwards. You know, I, I, just, I just didn't think anything of it. I thought, okay, I'll get up there and it'll be cool and then that'll be it. Um, and it's crazy. After I got off, everyone, like, everyone was like, of course, you know, mobbing me and stuff. But the show kept going. So you kind of had to press pause on that moment because, you know, You're at a Bruce Springsteen concert. You need to admire the concert, you know? So you, so you listen to the rest of the concert. And then as soon as the house lights go up, everyone starts flooding to me again. Like people from the news media, Hey, like I'm with so-and-so we'd love to interview you tomorrow. This, this, that. And it was just an incredible, it was insane. It's, it's crazy that all that happened because it's like, I flew out the next day and like, I, go back to i go back to school because i (laughs) i really was a college kid i'm like okay i have a test on wednesday but i have an interview with good morning america wednesday morning i have have this interview at 10 and my test is at one you know i was living that life for a solid two to three weeks and it was a very busy busy time but i'm looking back i don't regret any of i don't regret any of it i wish i would have stayed up there because like you know might have been able to go in studio and such, but you know, it's just how it worked out.
1: You're up on stage. Your dad's in your seats or, or in, in the pit where, where you left them. Mm-hmm. You return right back to there after playing the song.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. My, so, my dad, so was, everyone
1: around you was looking at you like, huh?
2: You know, they were wide eyed. My dad was like, <laughs> like he was, <laughs> he, he didn't know. I think my dad watched the video more than I did. I could hear, <laughs> and he does a really good job of, you know, bringing it up to people because, you know, it's, it's different. I don't like bringing it up on my own. Cause you know, and I know it's a really, really, good moment. It's just the way, how I am. Like, like, I don't like coming across as like, Oh, like look at me, look at what I did. But if, you know, someone else were to bring it up, then I, you know, talk about it.
0: Right. Right.
2: But, uh, but yeah, but other other people usually do do that for me. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, because, it is a lot to unpack in that story. And, you know, I have to dedicate like 10 minutes of where, whatever the situation is to like tell the full story. So,
0: yeah. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's a memory that will be there forever, but
1: it's probably
0: extremely memorable for you that your dad was with you because you and your dad go to a ton of Mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen concerts.
2: My dad turned me on to Bruce, um, it was actually back in 03 on the Rising tour, like the Barcelona concert was like on our DVR, and I would just keep playing it over and over again because I had I had this like obsessive personality, um, and so I. But then I I kind of didn't really listen to music much, but then on the Magic tour because I'd forgotten who Brewer Springsteen was. But then my dad in December of like '07. His uh, Santa Claus is coming to town turned on. He said, hey, Matthew, you, you know who this is? And I was like, no. He said, oh, it's Bruce Springsteen. I was like, that name sounds really familiar. And he said, yeah, I remember The Rising. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. And he, and he said, oh, yeah, he's coming to Houston in April. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure. And, man, I went to that first concert. The first song I ever heard him play was, was a Cadillac Ranch and, at the Toyota Center in Houston back in 08. And it was the show right before Danny passed away. And um and so it was it was a really cool show, and uh, from them, that moment on, I was the one dragging my dad to Springsteen concerts, <laughs> flying to different cities whenever he wasn't coming to, whenever he wasn't coming to Houston. We would go to Kansas City, Jacksonville, Tampa. We even made it out to L.A. But I had always wanted to see a show up north in either the New York, Jersey, or you know Philadelphia area. And well, that's when, in 2016, we were able to make it up there.
0: Well, that's re- that's really cool. So for the people listening, w- go to YouTube and check out Matthew O'Quinn's time up on stage with Bruce Springsteen. And you spell his name. His last name is A-U-C-O-I-N, and it's pronounced O'Quinn. And uh, just type his name in with Bruce Springsteen, and you'll see it. And it looks like... They had been practicing it for months. It was, it was
1: perfect.
2: I had been practicing it for years. Bruce just wasn't with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Two things I have to say. One, Matt, you may be the first person I ever heard of that said, I forgot who Bruce Springsteen was. (laughs) 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 And two, now, now that, that happens. And we all wish that we could have a, a moment like that in our lives, but it, if you had had the moment to have it, you know, happen, how would you have used it to pr- bring the music up? But more importantly, since then, what is the music you have out there now? What are you doing? Uh, if this is it behind you in the rearview mirror, what would you bring up about yourself now?
2: Well, right now, I mean, like as I mean, you guys see on on this call, like I have completely decked out my. This is I live in a three bedroom townhouse, and this is an entire decked out music. Studio with like sound foam. I have like my monitors set up, and back behind me is another really big monitor. I have all my guitars. I got my keyboard, um, a new laptop right here that I just haven't even set up yet. But um, I have an album out right now, and um, and and it was you know my it was my very first album, and I I, I love everything about it. I love all that I did with it. Um, it was it's just now. Ever, like since I released that first album, I didn't really know what I was doing. My, my my producer, Matthew Tipton, did like help me out so much with it because I had written music. I just didn't know how to record, you know. And so he really, really helped me get started on that. And since then, the, the, the maturity in my songwriting and, and production and just in recording skills and just, I mean – Look at Greetings from Asbury Park and then look at Born in the USA, you know, just like Bruce's pro- progression. I'm not c- comparing myself to Bruce, but you look at any artist and it's just like you you can see a, a maturity in a how they evolve as musicians. And the stuff that I'm working on right now is w- much, much I guess m- mature than on my first album, and I'm I'm not knocking my, my first album. I wouldn't have done it any other way. I love my songs on there. Like I listen to them almost every single day. I, I have my favorites. They're all stories, um, whether they're very personal to me or about someone else or inspired by a certain thing. Um. Uh. But but yeah, I'm I'm always working on on music. Um. It is my it is a passion. I, it's not to make money, but it's it's something that I just love to, to do. And, and that's why that I do it. It's because I love doing it.
0: Great. And that will bring you success from what you just said, because it's the passion of it. Um, you're in a mm-hmm. studio right now with, I don't know, I'm looking at a dozen guitars or something. I mean, <laughs> uh, why don't you play one of your favorite songs that you wrote? And then afterwards, we can uh, chat a little bit about how you came up with the lyrics and why you wrote it. So, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Musicians and Beyond. And we have a special guest today, Matthew O'Quinn, and he's going to play us one of his wonderful songs.
2: Okay, so this is one of my new songs. I released this back uh, back last year in in March and if you listen to the lyrics in this more stripped-down version it is about a friend of mine who went through a really really tough breakup I had a song title called called Upward Fall but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to write about but whenever whenever she was telling me all the feelings that she was feeling in the midst of this breakup um, it really brought me back to um, you know, my heartbreak breakups in, in the past, and I really related to it so I thought, okay, what if I just, you know, you know this is upward false, so this is what I decided to write about
3: Your heart's been broke Your world's turned upside down you don't wanna hear anything except his sound. The ring of a phone, just one more call from the only one who's seen you through it all. Alone, we fall asleep crying late at night. Cause everything he gave made you feel just right You dream about this song y'all would dance to While your forever man is out there looking for you You're a ten out of ten and it's just your flaw Perfect packages to go to wrong doors I promise one day you'll look back and say not a downward stall, but an upward fall It feels like every wall is coming down You wake up wishing you could get out of this old town Feels like the same sad cycle of regret From I love you to I wish we had never met But you're a 10 out of 10 and it's just your flaw Perfect packages go to wrong doors I promise one day you'll look back and say It was not a downward stall but an upward fall hard to accept it's just a man from your past It was meant to be It wasn't meant to last But now it feels like you're left with this unpaid debt One day you'll be debt free I promise, just wait and see One day you'll be debt free Just wait and see you're a ten man ten and it's just your flaw. Perfect packages go to wrong doors. I promise one day you'll look back and say, it was not a downward stall. You're a ten man ten and it's just your flaw. Perfect packages go to wrong doors. I promise one day you'll look back and say, it was not a downward stall, but an upward fall. In a bird fall, it's
0: not a downward star. But in a bird fall, that was great. That was Matthew O. Quinn. Matthew, thanks for uh for sharing that with us, of course. And uh, how do people purchase your music and how do they find you on the interweb
2: um so so my music's available on on all streaming platforms itunes apple music amazon um pandora whatever streaming service or way that you listen to music it is there so i gotta do just type in my name and then uh it'll it'll pop up
0: cool cool and we want all of our listeners not only to follow us at musicians and beyond, but also follow Matthew, um, Matthew O'Quinn, um, and he's on on Instagram, Facebook, and and all of those as well.
2: Absolutely and
0: great, great. What do you um, have going on right now? What 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 projects are in the works?
2: So I have this song. Um, I have a lot of music that I am I am currently working on. There's a lot of projects in the works. I'm currently working on a full fully produced album. It is it'll be my second album. And uh, Upward fall will be on it. I am also releasing a new song called "Brilliant Disguise" within the next, actually, the next week or so. And uh, it, I think that's one of my the, my favorite songs that I've ever produced. I really pushed myself to to my personal limits to see kind of what I was made of and to really discover my sound. And um, it's funny, I, I wrote that song as a, I wrote "Brilliant Disguise" as a piano ballad, and I and I finished i was like you know what no this needs to be i need electric guitars i need it i need it faster like and so i made it like this pop rock e street band just anthem kind of like i was like i want something that's like a show opener i want something fast highly ener- energetic and that's exactly what brilliant disguise is and it has nothing to do with bruce springsteen's song brilliant to disguise <laughs> but uh it's i think the the overall sound it ended up being something that the east street band could it could could easily play or you could you could see them playing that that song it's got saxophone lots of electric guitars really distinct melodies and um i'm really looking forward to getting that song out because that's listeners can look to that song as a standard for what they can expect from me moving forward.
0: I've listened to a bunch of your of your music, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with all the different pieces of the puzzle that you brought in to make, make the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, all the different instruments. Now, you don't play all the instruments yourself, but you do play more than the Correct. guitar. What else do you play?
2: I play harmonica. I play keys, piano, um, which and, and that dives in deeper to like organs or synthesizer pads it doesn't just it goes just beyond piano yeah um if i can and and so um guitar keys piano and um i actually play a little bit of trumpet but there's no there's there's there there's no trumpet on on any of the albums yet but uh yeah so i can play a lot of different things i can play a little bit of bass but but usually i'll 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 either use software or I'll hire someone to play a bass or or my producer will will play the bass. And uh, that's kind of how we would do it. Sometimes Sometimes it's not that I can't play a part. It's just if I hire someone else that maybe has better equipment or can put more of a polish on it, I will hire them to play the exact part that I play just so I get the best quality sound possible. Kind of like how Bruce has Steve play some solos, Niels play some solos, and himself play some, some solos. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun though, but doing it all your, yourself, it's, it would be so nice to have a full band backing you because then you can just go all of it at once. But instead it's like, I'm like okay, let me lay down the guitars. Now let me do bass, now keys. It's, and I'm just slowly building the song out. It's like, I can't imagine how awesome it would be to have a group of guys that know your sound that just know your tastes and know how to play you know right so when put their own professional touch on it.
0: so when you're out gigging do you have your own band that you play with
2: usually for me it's it's it is just solo it is really hard for me to get out and and gig especially with other musicians but but whenever i do it's it is just solo because i i have a day job you know like this isn't what i'm this isn't what i do to you know bring in in income but it is what I do, I am blessed in the sense that I'm able to do kind of both. I'm able to work full time and, and have a nice steady income and be able to do my music in the free time and be able to slowly build out my you know, you know, my, uh, my repertoire of uh, music and be able to go out and occasionally play.
0: We love what you're, what you're putting out there. I mean, the, the world I appreciate has it. you know, got to hear, hear everything that you have. Um, you were really high on one of your songs a couple minutes ago you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. We will play Matthew O'Quinn, and the song is called Brilliant Disguise.
3: I cannot help but think you would be mine Now I sit in the pool of defeat Is the way I am drowning me Yes the price in my hand have phone to me once more After waiting is another mistake In the town I like to call heartbreak in this town. You just get drunk or get stoned. Yeah, pass it back one more time. I'm busting out of town tonight. You were all pretend when I thought I would love again. I'm sick of paying the same price. Just another brilliant In the pool of defeat It's the way I am Same price. But just another brilliant disguise. I could not help but thank you would be mine. Now I sit in the pool of defeat. It's the way I. am.
0: That was "Brilliant Disguise" by Matthew O'Quinn. Uh, Matthew, uh, tell us a little bit about how you wrote that song. I know it's very special to you. Oh, oh
2: yeah. You know, one thing going into my second album was I, I wanted to push myself to be more raw with the lyrics and the storytelling, songwriting, and production, and you know how I sing and, and how I pro- and not how I project my voice to really bring out the full story. That's why that like i said earlier that that the song was originally a piano ballad but i thought to myself this sounds sad but i'm angry you you know and so i made an arrangement where i am i am you know angry you know it's like liking you know it's 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 a typical man like like you played me type type song it's like man i i I thought you were one thing but you were in, in another you know it's and and you're just sick of going through the motions of I'm you know I'm sick of paying this same price for just another brilliant disguise you know, and that's and that's pretty much what the song's about is it's just letting out this anger, um, in this in this anthem of a song with lots of energy. So so that's really where it came from. I was just very raw. Um, I was like I'm just gonna say how I feel. And usually I would kind of like I will go back and like tweak some things to make it less. I guess, raw, but I just kept everything the exact same. And um, I, I kept sitting on it and sitting on it and just kept re- revising it. And this was a song that I'd been working on for, you know, shoot. With, with all of the upgrades to my studio and stuff, I had slowly kept working on this song for over a year. It's 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 honestly been 14 or, you know, 15 months that the song's been in, in the works. And it's been ready for like a month or two, I've, I just hadn't found the right time to release it, but I'm, I think I found the right time to release it. So.
0: so people are going to be able to download that on all the major platforms, uh, and what's the date yes. of release?
2: Um, so right now we have a, a release date of January
0: 13th. Great, right around the corner.
1: Yes, N- Not next bad. Friday. I have Uh, to tell you, you know, the before and after photos of your studio—you can see what the work (laughs) and the big change.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, my entire first album was in that first picture you saw, where I had a blanket over my window, you know. (laughs) And now, and now I got, you know, sound panels over the window and and all like much better—a much better microphone, better interface—and um—and you know, like I said, I'm not knocking the first album. It's just with the second album and the music I'm currently working on it's like everything's just a much is it's a very big step forward
0: well we really want to thank you for taking all your time coming on telling us these stories I mean we could talk for hours your your Bruce Springsteen story <laughs> is awesome but we hope that that's just the beginning of it that you know you're going to be able to come back on again and say you're not going to believe what happened now and just keep going oh, because yeah. you got oh, what, yeah. it, I, what it takes I've, to be a I've star I've got
2: some I've got some stuff in. I got a lot of stuff in the works. There's there's going to be music coming out in in the coming months. Whether it's singles, I hope to have. I will have a full album out later on this this year, um, and I, I will be attending Bruce shows on this tour coming up. We we will see what, what happens at at those shows. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to try to to you know hop on stage again, but I'm. I, I won't say that I will try to hop on stage. I just need to figure out. Okay, what is the best way to go ab- ab- about this? Do I do I ask to get on stage again, or do I ask for something else, or or just a way to just be like, hey, hey man, re- like remember, remember me, remember you know, me? It's,
1: it's, <laughs> and it's just a, like a, a picture of us. So now Matt, with that said, you know, if, if that opportunity comes, about good for you. But what do you have coming up in the near future? What shows are you doing, and uh, will will you be so far
2: So so right now, all of my free time is is being dedicated to you know making the music. And, and and once my music is, is is released then I will go out and and play shows but like with you know having a full-time job and stuff I don't have that much time to go out and and play shows so I don't have any lined up in the near future but I will once my second album is out I wait, definitely plan wait, on going to play if your
1: album comes out where would you ideally if you had a chance to start a tour
2: where would you be oh in Asbury Park, New Jersey, love, at the Stone Pony,
1: <laughs> because you're, those those you're people stars. love
2: live music. Those people love live music. That's so my that's such my vibe, and yeah. and and it's and it's like I wish part of me wishes that I grew up in that area because you're around so many more people. Like you know, Bruce is such a huge influence on me that you know they they they'll be able to see that influence in my own music if, if I'm up there. So, so it's a good way to get some traction if I play up there, and of course people know who I am. You know, they might recognize me or you know whatnot up there as well, more so than here. And this is where that I'm from. And so, uh, Houston's really awesome, and they they do have live music, but you can't do live music like you can up up north in that New Jersey, New York area. Down down here, it's mainly Texas country and cowboy type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we want to uh, thank Matthew O'Quinn for spending his time with us again. And we'd like to thank our very good friends, Jerry and Debbie, over at It's Another Sunday Podcast for the wonderful recommendation. And for our listeners, we'd appreciate if you go over and check them out. They have some fantastic guests and some fantastic conversations. And, uh... You know, make sure our listeners. You go out, you follow him, you download his uh, any of his music. He's on all the major platforms. Check out that YouTube video; that extremely entertaining, and it will make you appreciate the talents that Matthew has. So, Matthew, again, thank you so much. Best of luck in your uh, in your career and your future, in everything that you got going on.
1: Thank you for coming in with us. But one last time, make sure the audience know where knows where to find you. Your website, your Instagram, anywhere you want to shout out. Put
2: it out there one more time. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on Instagram. Just my first and last name. You will see me in a red shirt holding a guitar. Same with Twitter, Facebook. Those are all of my social media platforms. And you can find me on all of the music streaming websites, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube as well. Um, I need to do some work on, on YouTube. I have a couple more videos I need to upload along with some other music. So I'll, I'll be on that one a lot more soon, but yeah, that is where you can find right. me So, you know, give
1: me a follow. Get some stuff up on the YouTube channel and we'll be sharing it out. And it's Matt, A-U-C-O-I-N. And I love right. that you use the description of the photo because there's so many people out there with the similar names or similar tags. If you don't throw your description out there, people aren't going to know who to look for
0: well Matthew <laughs> O'Quinn we want to thank you very much and we want to thank you for being our friend
2: absolutely thank you guys for having me on and I and hopefully I can come back in the future it would be awesome
0: we'd love to have you
2: thank you guys